B&H Gold. And here we are, once again, B&H Gold, being as happy as a happy thing gets. So happy. I can tell. I can tell so your face that you are ecstatic, ecstatic as we charge headlong through the summer. I know. And as we look out of the window here at Douglas Head, um, Manx Radio Towers, there, I would like to say there's not a cloud in the sight. It's going to start again. Should we just start again? No, You're not going to start that. again. No, no, it's not worth it. It is, as you know, anyone who's a regular of this show knows it's all about being cheerful, being upbeat and being uh, just celebrating all the funny things in life that might put a little smile on your face and just help you through yet another stressful day. So if you making a complete horlicks of it, just leave it in. <laughs> It would right. just be an extra blooper. Okay, I'm going to pretend that we're going to edit yeah. it because this is what would happen in normal radio life. So yeah. edit that, edit that, take it right. out. I'd like to say there wasn't a cloud in the sky, but as I look out of the window here at Manx Radio Towers, there are a few clouds, but it is not diminishing the sunny day that there is. Does that make sense? Did that make any sense at all? Uh, after a fashion. It was sort of, yeah. I think we should take up poetry. What do you reckon? I th- well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I am in the poetry trail. Oh. I'm, yeah, I put a poem in because I was doing Is a little it a rude piece one? Brian. No, it's not. It's sort of a little... I'd done a little poem, I thought, and I did a piece for Spotlight. And uh, Bethany Delee Runciman uh, came up to do a little piece for Spotlight. And she said, oh, you should put something into the poetry trail and see if you get in. So I thought, go on, I'll give it a whiz. So I said I would do. I put in one which I'd written specially, which I thought, oh, I quite like that. It was uh, based around a little walk around Ramsey. And then, having got the bit between my teeth, I found another one I'd written a year or two back, and I thought, oh, that's quite fun, I'll put that in as well. So, of course, needless to say, the, the one which I put in as an afterthought <laughs> is the one that's gone through, and the one I put a lot of time into didn't. Isn't that weird? That has been the story of my life, and I'm going to tell you a very, very brief story here, right? So when I was at university, I wasn't fantastic at being very organised with getting my assignments done. I don't believe it. But, um, I, you know, I managed to scrape through usually and it was fine. And I remember this one time I thought, I am going to really, mm. really... What did you say? Mm? What did you say? Nothing. What did you say? What did you say? Did you I say... Said, hmm? What did you say? What do you think I said? I don't know. What did, what did you say? I just said, was it a third? No, it wasn't, oh, actually. Right. Thank just, you. <sighs> anyway, I digress. Um, so... Yeah, so this one time, this one time, I thought, I am going to really, really do my best here. I'm going to research it properly. I'm going to read things properly. And I'm going to do my best. 57% I got. Next one, I thought, right, ha-hoo to that. I did it the night before. I got the book. I literally opened it at a random page, pointed at a quote, thought, well, I'll just use that, whack that one in. 74%. Story of my life. If I work hard for something, it's, you know, not bad, but nah. Do it last minute, rush it. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I know what you mean. Just because proof children, studying and working hard isn't worth it, really. Maybe it's only worth it for some people. We should probably put that caveat in there because there will be some people who can do the whole sort of really properly doing it. We just wing it. Yeah. That's why we're here. Exactly. So I, I was the same. I remember doing uh, English literature and I was always very good at English all throughout my sort of childhood. That was my that was my top subject in primary school, whatever, because I... I you wouldn't I, know. I, I'd, I'd write a lot of stories. And I that do was good at comprehension and this sort of thing, poetry and whatever. Understanding people. I did very well, understanding people now and again. And, uh, but then you come to O level, of course, and all of a sudden it's English language and English literature. Mm. And then more of a problem if you went on to A level, which is almost exclusively English literature. So in English, at O level, at English, I did okay. Uh, I think I got a B or something in, in my, uh, bearing in mind, I rubbish at exams in my English language. English literature, poetry, appreciation and, you know, critic, uh, critiques and uh, reading literature and such like. 
I just couldn't get my head around. So uh, there was one you did, you know, poetry appreciation or cr- criticizing or doing a critique of a piece of classic poetry. And I did one piece once, which was read out in front of the class as a, a prime example of how to do it. And like, you know, nine out of 10 or whatever. And Tom, I thought, wow, I've got it cracked. What did I get in the O level E? Oh, I thought, you know, oh, I've got it cracked now. No, no oh, idea. I couldn't tell you whether weird, I'd done a good it? piece or a rubbish piece. And unfortunately, when it came to the actual the O level, I did a rubbish piece. Oh. So it turned out. It's just so based on the day. And I think, you know, the moral of this as we come into the exam results season is actually don't worry about it. Just don't worry. I remember get just very last comment on go this. Go on, go on, go on. Last comment. I obviously did OK in my A-levels and I did OK in French. And I thought, yeah, it's great. You know, I can ask where my pencil case is and if I want an ice cream and whatever. Do a French um, letter. So did. So thought, well, I'll do French at university. And I just remember that feeling of sitting in the lecture theatre, surrounded by people, the lecturer standing in the middle, just talking this stream of French. Lecturer. I mean, thinking, oh, lecturer. 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 Not lecturer. <laughs> 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 um, and yeah, just talking French as a babble. You're not bored. It's fine. And just realising I had no idea what he was saying and looking around going, I must be the only person who really shouldn't be here. Oh, that's imposter syndrome, isn't it? Dear. No, no, it was true. I couldn't understand a word he was saying, and so ended my French career at university. Anyway, we digress. Yeah, we, yeah, we got a fan as well. Um, Juan, Juan, uh, listened to the podcast, our, our JT. Really? Yeah, yeah. He, he dropped me a line online, sort of saying, I'll have to do you, I'll have to mention you in uh, one of my podcasts. Oh, So I said, yeah, excellent, let's do something. So we were thinking Mutual about... Mutual podcasting. We were thinking about, yes, of doing a, a two grumpy old git. So I said we could be the two grumpy old gits and, uh, you know, because, I mean, obviously I'm pretty grumpy and angry about a lot of things. And Juan's really grumpy and really angry about a lot of things when he's not travelling around the world first class. Right. But uh, Which you'd have thought would make him a lot more cheerful. Right. However, uh, yeah, he said he thought it was a good idea, except there wouldn't be enough bandwidth or space and time for the amount of I can't believe after be the whole... About, no, 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 stop. Or we could be grumpy stop. about it. Yeah. Right. The whole aim of this was to bring a bit of light into your life. Well, this would, this would be another. This wouldn't be in this one. No, this I know. But actually, the only thing that's come out of it is you've got somewhere now where you can go and be grumpy. Well, that's good. It makes me smile. Right. Okay. Excellent idea. Right. Right. Here we go, then. Um, go a chess-playing robot. I shouldn't laugh at this one, really. So there was a, a seven-year-old uh, a seven-year-old boy playing a chess-playing oh, robot. This. And, uh, yes, unfortunately, the robot uh, reached across the table, grabbed his <laughs> finger and broke it. <laughs> That's not It's funny. not really that funny, is That's it? Awful. Four adults had to rush in, struggle to free the boy before leading him away from the chessboard. They had to check him, mate. They oh They said they'd rented the robot many times before and it never broken anyone's fingers. Just apparently. found the child really irritating. But no, that's it, all. Well, yes. <laughs> happily, other than the broken finger, the little junior real chess champion finished the tournament with his finger in a cast. Oh. As it were. Um, I like this as a headline, which I really enjoyed. Florida woman surprised by uninvited iguana in her toilet. <laughs> that There's not suggests, much more to say about that. It suggests that sometimes you might invite an iguana to be in your toilet, I suppose. She said, Michelle Reynolds, she said she sneaked down stairs to make herself a snack, as you do when you're in the States, popcorn in the middle of the night for some reason in the microwave. Uh, popped into the bathroom whilst the popcorn was popping opened the door and did a quick turnaround because I saw this thing in the toilet bowl and quickly shut the door, she said. Wouldn't have been an iguana in our house, to tell you. The thing, it was an iguana. The reptile was unable to find its way out of the loo, so she had to enlist um, a chap from Iguana Lifestyles, a wildlife removal service, to remove him. Um, he says he's done lots of iguanas before. They, um, the males can get up to 18 inches long with tails that can be 18 inches long as well, so he took up virtually all of the toilet bowl. I have a 
related story, if I may. Go for it. In Ronsway Airport, came back after a trip away with some of the girls, um, just had to nip to the loo, and one of my friends came no, out of the toilet. In the r- Stop wrong with oh, interrupting! Okay. Otherwise, I'm going to get grumpy. Um, friend came out of the cubicle and was like, that is absolutely disgusting. Whoever was in there before didn't flush. Absolutely awful. Was just completely horrified by it. Anyway, we got in the car to drive home. Oh, no, go on. Got go in on. the car to drive home, and... She suddenly went, oh, God, where's my phone? It was actually her phone that had dropped into the toilet that she'd thought was something else. And uh, we had to go back and fish it out. What colour's her phone? Well, <laughs> I suppose if you just catch them with the back of your eye, then you're with the... She what? was like a poo phone or something. Well, I don't know. But if you see something big in the toilet bowl, you're not going to inspect it if it's not yours, are I you? Do. I would, yes. No, if it wasn't yours... Right. I mean, I can understand, you know, it's very sensible to, to check your own, but I wouldn't be checking anyone else's. That's <laughs> not what you've said before. Uh, right. The the uh, annual Ernest Hemingway lookalike competition has been taking place. Oh, well done. You see that? Yes. This year's competition attracted 135 portly bearded men, all endeavouring to prove their likeness to the famed American author. It's uh, the highlight of Key West's annual Hemingway Days activities, staged to celebrate the creative talent and colourful lifestyle of the man who lived and wrote on the island for almost uh, uh, for most of the 1930s. I rather like the fact that after they'd uh, all met at Sloppy Joe's Bar in their sweaters uh, and wearing their sportsman attire, a whole load of them then went out the next day to help release a £185 loggerhead turtle. Right. Just what the turtle wanted to be let out into the sea again by a load of Ernest Hemingways. And in Seoul, I quite like this one, <clears throat> a rural South Korean town is getting roasted over its video ad for garlic, uh, which some say some of the farmers are really upset because they say it sexually objectifies the garlic bulbs. Um, it's a 30-second video. I haven't I've looked for it. I haven't found it on YouTube, apparently. But you have. Uh, for uh, Hong Seng County, a small... Central West South Korean town. The video shows a woman touching the thigh of a man called Hong San with a full head of garlic mask and saying the words like, that's very thick and it's nice and hard. To apparently describe the quality of the locally grown garlic. It's a parody apparently of a famous scene from a 2004 hit Korean movie called Once Upon a Time in High School, which begs its own questions, <laughs> frankly, as, we'll as well there. about the South yeah. Korean movie industry. <laughs> the spicy ad, not surprising, has had 190,000 views. It's been kept underground, but the farmers are up in arms. We can't repress our astonishment, said a joint statement, badly translated by the local branches of two major farmers' organisations. The video offended people who watched it and dealt a big blow to the image of the agricultural product that farmers have laboriously grown. They said it was suggestive, inappropriate and sexually objectified garlic. Which is why you weren't looking for it. No, I wasn't. wasn't going at all. Mm. Uh, one very fa- final quick one. Uh, um, a woman ordered, uh, this is Alex Murphy, ordered her pooch Tony a paddling pool to help cool her down. She got it off the web, as it was the case. Um, and she said when it arrived, she was furious. She, she put it all on TikTok. She said, I thought Tony was getting a paddling pool for 25 quid. Are you f-ing kidding me? <gasps> I'll bleep that out. I'll bleep that out. <laughs> Will you really bleep that out? Yes. Will you Tony, remember to bleep that Tony out? the dog walks up beside the paddling pool she's bought to show how big it is. The pool is actually, his head is bigger than the entire pool. <laughs> I have another story for this. Do you want to hear my very, very brief story in this, which is just awful parent award of the year. My middle child, very into the Cars movies, so we bought him um, one of the main characters, so it was a Lightning McQueen, but in the Dynaco colours, bought him one for his birthday. 
and had found it on eBay. It arrived, or a box arrived, I assumed, just assumed that was what it was. Didn't even bother looking at it until the night before his birthday, because I thought, oh, that's absolutely fine. Came out. I was expecting it to be, I don't know, a big one. It and were, it was absolutely tiny when it came out. This, well, this is the thing. I think some of these advent, are, it's not sort of properly policed, is it? You, no. know, you order stuff online, unless it's from a, a very reputable thing, you think, I have no idea. Nothing no being idea worse than being disappointed by size, is the Howard. Anyway. Um, sunny smile for us. You got a sunny smile. I've got one. My one. We had a visitor into the station this week. Uh, Charlie Quayle, who used to work here, was a newsreader about yeah. sort of fifteen or so years ago. No, woman she's of got yeah, I know. Well, mm-hmm. woman of leverage with three children. Um, she's got a sunny <laughs> smile. She's my nomination this week. And I'll go for uh, the Mag Spard. Actually, again, I was doing a little piece for Spotlight, and uh, Owen Atkinson was up uh, talking about some of his newer. Um, uh, drag nights, which he does, and also, of course, their uh, pride coming up again. He actually has a winning smile, Owen. Really good. I mean, the poetry's great, but his smile's really good as well. So, top, oh. top, you get the sunny smile, Owen, for this week. Um, what about uh, any foodie things? I'll tell you my foodie thing for this last week, which always puts a smile on my face. I've only made one this summer so far summer pudding. Summer pudding. With summer berries and stuff. Yep, with basically red currants, black currants, um, whatever, and you get all the fruit and the juices, soak it through the bread outer, and then that and a bit of whipped cream, gorgeous. I don't really get excited by puddings, I'm going to be honest. I am definitely more of a savoury person. I know I've talked about cheese on toast before. Had a couple of pieces last night. Oh, delicious. Um, but there is something that's made by one of the local bakeries, which has got this amazing custard in um, a pastry case, and I don't quite know what they're called, but they are divine, and I've had three this week, and if... If I don't stop, yeah. then uh, you might have to get me a bigger chair. Fair enough. Um, I have got a blooper for you, actually. It's. Um, do, you, do you know anything about AI? <laughs> You're such a horror bug. And Google has sacked a senior software engineer after he claimed the company's Al chatbot is a sentient being. I meant AI, didn't I? The search engine's parent company, Alphabet, feels Blake Lemoine's accusations are wholly unfounded. Could probably do with a sentient being here reading the news. Right, there you go. Technology correspondent, Beth Espy, with that story. Uh, I'll leave you with um, a, a sunny tune to leave us with for this, for this week, for this month, for this I'm gonna go, this pod. I'm going to go retro. Oh. Salt and pepper, push it. I will push it now. See you next time. Say bye. Bye.
Pumping hard like I wish you would Now push it Push it good